seated. So when Corey's older brother was 12, I took him on a trip to the Holy Land to see all those places where Jesus lived and died. And we saw the church of the nativity in Bethlehem built over the place where Jesus was born on Christmas. And we saw the church of the multiplication in Tabgah, there by the Sea of Galilee, built over the place where Jesus multiplied the bread and the fish. Remember that story? And we saw the church of the Holy Sepulcher in Jerusalem built over the place where Jesus was buried. And at the end of the trip, I asked Luke what his favorite place was. And he said, the Sea of Galilee. And I asked why, and he said, because you can't build a church on it. (laughs) Nothing looked like what he had imagined from his Sunday school materials of the Holy Land except for the Sea of Galilee. So it was his favorite place. And it was a favorite place of Jesus, too. Jesus did many of his most famous miracles on or next to the Sea of Galilee, or as it's uh, sometimes called, Lake Gennesaret. One of his miracles was walking on water. Remember that story? Um, Most people, if they know anything about Jesus, know it's knew that he could walk on water. Well, here is how it's described in John chapter 6. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened, no doubt. But he said to them, it's me, don't be afraid. And they were willing to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. That's pretty impressive. I heard that uh, someone was going to build a clear walkway just under the surface of the water on the Sea of Galilee. So the tourists could walk out there for photo ops. And it would look like they were like Jesus walking on the water. But Jesus didn't need any secret walkway out there on the lake. It was a legit miracle. Jesus walked on the sea, there on the Sea of Galilee. Now, Jesus also did uh, perhaps one of his most bizarre miracles uh, there next to the Sea of Galilee. It was the healing of the possessed man near Gerasene, otherwise known as the miracle of the plunging pigs. And here's how Mark describes it. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, 
What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then before you know it, the man is healed, and the demons flee into a herd of pigs, who then plunge themselves into the Sea of Galilee and are drowned. Jesus did so many different miracles around the Sea of Galilee. In fact, it was a miracle on the Sea of Galilee that caused the first people to follow Jesus. Those, when he called his dis disciples, you might remember Simon Peter and, and James and John, they were fishing partners. They were commercial fishermen. And they were just trying to make a living. And so when they come back from fishing, having caught nothing, it's more than just a bad day on the lake like it might be for me. For them, it was devastating. They got no money that day. What a hopeless feeling to do your best at a job and completely fail. You ever been there? You try your hardest, but you just can't seem to please your boss. You have a great small business, but then something like COVID comes around and knocks your feet out from under you. Or you spend a lifetime building up your farm only to have the weather or commodity prices or, or interest rates destroy any profit. Peter and the other fishermen are down and discouraged until Jesus shows up. Luke chapter 5. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I don't know if you uh, fish or not, but... I have never had a day fishing when I was worrying about my boat sinking because of all the fish. I did, uh, I did once still a cooler in a half hour, but it wasn't on a boat. It was fishing from a pier out in the ocean. And it wasn't a day when there were no fish around. It was a day when there were, fish were everywhere. In fact, your bait could barely hit the water before you had a fish on or sometimes even two at the same time. And fortunately for me, Tammy had come along to watch. And so she furiously cut bait. And as fast as I could put it on and throw it in, I had another fish to reel up. It was a great day fishing. But like I said, it, it wasn't a day when there were no fish around. Everybody was catching fish like that. It was amazing. But it wasn't a miracle. But on the Sea of Galilee that day, it was a miracle. The disciples knew there were no fish there. They had fished all night, and they were professionals. But because Jesus asked, they put out their nets one more time. And the nets were so full, the boats 
were almost sinking. And they were so impressed at what Jesus had done by that miracle of the fish that when he says, come follow me, and I'll teach you to fish for people, they drop everything and they follow him. See, that's the, the kinds of miracles Jesus does around the Sea of Galilee. Jesus' miracles in the Sea of Galilee go together like the Timberwolves and first-round exits in the playoffs. Or now we can add the wild. They just go together. Except that was all before the cross. All those stories we just heard, that happened before Jesus' death and resurrection. This spring, we've been talking about what Jesus did after the resurrection. In those 40 days between when he's raised that Easter and when he ascends to heaven. In those 40 days, we've already heard about how on Easter morning, Jesus appeared to the women who had come to the tomb. And he gives them the, the task of telling everyone that he's alive. But he does no miracle. And we heard how that Easter night, and then again the next Sunday night, the disciples are all gathered together and Jesus appears before them. And he calms their fears. He gives them peace. He even lets doubting Thomas put his finger in the nail hole and in his side. But he does no miracles. And we also talked last week about how Jesus appeared on the road to Emmaus and walked with Cleopas and his friend and how they were kept from recognizing him until there at dinner at their house he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened. When Jesus pulls his signature move of breaking bread and giving it to them, they realize it's Jesus. But he does no miracles. So are miracles over with? Do miracles happen only before Easter and before the cross? Is there no longer any hope for miracles? Well, let's go back to the Sea of Galilee. This time, it's after the resurrection. And Peter has gone fishing once more. Now, I don't know why after meeting the risen Jesus, he decides that he's going to go fishing. I mean, you would think that, that that would be something that would just get him right back out doing his ministry. But perhaps like maybe with you or me, when life gets so overwhelming, even if it's good things, and your head is spinning and he's wondering, what, did, what does this mean to have Jesus again? And he's just overwhelmed by it. Well, maybe he just does what a lot of us do when, when life gets overwhelming. He just checks it all and goes fishing. So he's out there, and six of the other disciples, they decide to join him. The story's in John chapter 21. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. 
We've been here before, haven't we? It's deja vu all over again. The professional fishermen are skunked. But then Jesus shows up again. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, don't you have any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. It's a miracle. And not just any miracle, it's the same one Jesus did when he first called them to follow him. Now, the disciples are not known for being too quick to catch on. They're usually a little slow. But even here, they can't miss what this means. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he'd taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. It appears that the risen Jesus does work miracles. And once again, he pulls out his signature move of taking bread and giving it to them just like at communion, just like when he fed the 5,000. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. But even with so many, the net wasn't torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. And did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. After he was raised from the dead. And here's the good news. It's still after he was raised from the dead. And Jesus is still risen. And he is still working miracles and bringing hope. This week I asked the staff <clears throat> to share a time that they experienced a miracle or that someone in their life experienced a miracle and everyone had something to share but it was all different. You know, sometimes we think of miracles only with healing and, and yeah, there were stories of miraculous hearing, healing. Craig told about his mother who was sick with cancer and given just five or six months to live. But he was praying with her and she asked to live. And the next time they went to the doctor, the cancer was gone and she lived six more years. Miracles. But not every miracle is a miracle of healing because the miracles are as varied as they were around the Sea of Galilee. Miracles of pigs and fish. Miracles of breaking bread and feeding 5,000. Peggy told of a miracle of one of those Jesus take the wheel moments when she's out of control on black ice. Janet told of worrying about 
getting rid of a, a large limb that had fallen. You know, we had all, so many branches come down and such. And, and with Mike gone, Janet's got this big, big limb in her yard, and then it just disappears, thanks to a, to a kindly neighbor who just out of nowhere showed up and, and it was gone. Pastor Julie told about a time when, when she was wondering how she was going to pay the rent. And then she received the exact amount that she needed to pay that bill. Caroline told of, uh, of something in, in Paul's family where the family, in a time of, of pressure and crisis, came together. Instead of uh, it involving maybe more conflict, they worked together as one. And believe me, that's a miracle when families come together in times of, of pressure and crisis and they actually work together. That is a miracle. Dan tells of, of talking to a man who had attempted suicide and he was lying there on the gurney. And Dan prayed with him and he accepted Christ and he lived. John mentioned the everyday miracles that we experience in life. The way that our marvelous bodies work or, or the things that we see out in, in the world. Every day we see these little miracles of God. And Sue talked about receiving help just when she needed at a funeral luncheon recently. All of these different little miracles. Ask the people around you. I bet they have a miracle story too. Because the risen Jesus is back doing miracles again. And I bet you might have a miracle story as well. So here's my challenge to you. Tell your story of Jesus showing up in your life. And working miracles. It could be as tiny as a tree limb or as big as a boatload of fish. But tell your story. When you get the opportunity, tell someone your story. It may help them to have hope. And we could sure use more hope in this world. A few weeks ago, one of you did just that. Dan Coker was, uh, was doing the videoing and asking questions, and Ray Bessler was sharing his story. Story about his brother Russ and God's miraculous work in Russ's life. You might recognize Russ because he's been on our prayer list for like forever. He's had prostate cancer, I think, for eight years. But this last winter, he was down in Florida, and things had gotten so bad that it looked like it was going to be the end. It looked like he was going to need a miracle. The doctors had said that the tumors had grown, they'd cut off his intestines, there was nothing that could be done. The only way they'd even let him out of the hospital is if he entered into hospice. So he did. He entered into hospice and he tried to get back home to Minnesota. Tried to get to his doctors at, at Mayo. But it looked like it was going to be too late. And then Jesus went to work. A retired nurse, a last minute flight, a stranger at the airport, a seatmate whose husband was going through the exact same thing, who held Russ's hands and prayed for him on the flight back. Even Wes Lund from church here, who called Ray looking to get a battery replaced in his car, but instead 
became another active person in prayer for Russ. So many people and so many things came together to support Russ to make it possible for him to get back here to the doctors at Mayo. And you can hear the whole story on our website, but I want to share with you just one clip of what happened when Russ arrived back in Minnesota and got to Mayo. got three doctors that, that he works with that seen the doctors. But that night that they got there, like an hour later, they were, you know, just, they were happy to be together and they're happy to be back in Minnesota. But um, this doctor came in and sat down with them and just started just talking and talking and listening to the, what they had to say. And uh, my brother said he, he, he stayed like for two hours talking with them. And before he left, he asked if he could pray for them, and he prayed for them. When the doctors came in with him on Monday, they'd already ordered a bunch of tests, and they found out that he had a C. diff, which is a bacterial infection of your, your intestine. And then they, you know, but they started him on treatment for that right away. And then my sister-in-law, Deb and Russ, asked who that doctor was that, that saw him that uh, Saturday night. And they said, well, there was no doctor here at that time. And they said, well, there was someone that talked to us for a long, long time and prayed with us. And they said, well, anybody that would have done that would have been a record of. They had no records. So Deb, there's a picture of all the doctors that are in the Mayo Clinic down there. There's no one that looked like this guy at all. And they said there was no one there, that there couldn't have been anybody there. It's just one more example of the Lord's care. That week when the Mayo doctors did their test, they found that there was no blockage from a large tumor. Instead of dying in Florida, Russ was given another chance at life. And, and here's how he described it to Ray. Let's just look at one more clip. He knows the power in prayer, and, and he appreciates everything. I mean, after this happened, this last thing, he was just, um, he couldn't believe it. You know, he said, it's a little miracle, you know. I just talked to him today, and I've been talking to him a lot. He's like a new man again. He, 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 his strength was getting better every day. When we, we left on the 28th of February to come home, and he was doing much, much better even that week's time. But today when I talked to him, he just sounds like, uh, he said, God is great, life is good, and uh, that's my story. <laughs> God is great, life is good. And Jesus is working miracles again. They didn't end with the cross. They continue even today. So have you been living without hope, thinking that the day of miracles are over? Do you believe Jesus is risen, but 
No longer healing like a garrison, no longer filling boats with fish or calling people to follow him? Do you think that you are too far away from the Sea of Galilee in time or place for there to be any miracles? Well, just ask someone. I bet they have a Russ Bessler story to tell. Because the risen Jesus is back doing miracles again. Because of that, hope wins. And if you have a story in your own life, if you have your own miracle story, don't be afraid to to share it. Because we could all use a little more hope. So tell your story. Tell your story and spread the hope. Because Jesus does miracles, even now. Let's pray. God, we, uh, we sometimes think that, that even though you raised from the dead, that you just stopped working. And we know that there are times, sometimes when we go through difficult times and, and when we don't see all the answers that we're looking for, but we know that you are with us and that you still are the miracle worker. And even today, there are miracles of healing, miracles of hope. So we pray for that in in our lives, Lord. And help us to, to spread your good news to others. We pray this in your name. Amen.